So, hey, everybody, it's me, Lacey. It's just me solo today. I'm here with my new friend, Jennifer Rogers Markwell of Platinum Wealth Management, and I cannot wait to dive in with her. Uh, she has a wealth of knowledge, and she has a really incredible podcast that I've been enjoying listening to, where she interviews women in particular and talks to them about their financial stories and their, um, you know, she calls them infidelities, financial infidelities and memories and things. And you know, I've done a lot of money work over the last few years myself, just trying to kind of uproot some of the things that are in me that are subconscious. Um, and this show really helps. Her show is just really geared towards helping you think in a new way and taking this taboo topic and making it not taboo so that we can have progressive and, and um, new ways of thinking about money. So um, I really appreciate the work that you're doing, Jennifer. Welcome to the podcast. Welcome to The Schoolhouse Life and our I Bought a Homestead Now What podcast. I'm Lacey. And I'm Drew. Homestead health and business strategist. And between us, we have nearly 40 years experience in homesteading, parenting, and holistic living. We love helping people live more sufficient, deeply rooted, and satisfyingly connected lives. Two to three times per month, we post a new podcast on Wednesdays that will inspire, ease, and answer questions about this lifestyle you may not even know to ask. People and homestead strategy clients ask us all the time how, why, and what to do to make their homestead less chaotic, more efficient, and mostly more peaceful. The lessons we've learned, the training we've had, and our strategic approach will help you skip steps and find more ease in your homesteading journey. Did you hear something you like? Did you learn something new? Please share with a friend or on social. Tag us at The Schoolhouse Life, and we will be thrilled to share and connect. Your shares, encouragement, and even questions are what keep us going. Thank you. Oh, gosh. Thanks so much for having me. I was very much looking forward to our conversation. So thanks for having me. Oh, that's wonderful. Okay. Well, so I asked Jennifer if she could really gear our conversation today to our homesteader crew, right? And so um, she's already got some wonderful ideas, and I can't wait for her to share those. Um, And... I think we'll just, I want to, before we get started, because I want to know this about everyone that we talked to, but what, how did you get into this line of work? Where did you start and how did you end up um, doing this, this financial stuff? Yeah. So my story is a little crazy. Um, I'm not the stereotypical Wall Street gal by any means. And I also pride myself in that, quite frankly. Um, So my background is actually, I worked in television. So I anchored reported news and I did that for 20 years. Um, I'm Emmy nominated. I thought that that was going to be the realm that I lived in forever, quite frankly. Um, My grandparents, they were mom and dad to me. My mom was super, super young when she had me. So they stepped in as as mom and dad and were just amazing human beings. And um, they were the backbone of everything of who I was, right? They were depression kids. So their mentality was a little bit different. Um, I talked through money memories, like you had said on the podcast. And and for them, it was cabinets of of food, right? Canned food, like lots hundreds of cans of canned food because look girl you don't know our audience very well you should see their <laughs> instagram feeds <laughs> I'm, in, I'm in good like company i think here um <laughs> yeah. so for them like my grandpa was an illinois boy right like small small town bunch of brothers and sisters my grandma had a bunch of brothers and sisters too so the big thing in their families was getting food on the table so cabinets of like cans and cans and cans and cans and i remember being a little bit older still working in tv and i'm like guys like you have canned corn that's bloated like this has got to go because if you're going to go out in the world you're going to go out for a good reason not because of botulism in canned corn so they were so mad at me in that moment because I was like putting cans and throwing them out and I was like I will replace every can I throw away but I want to make sure that you guys are good 
So that was kind of how I grew up, right? With my grandparents. They were amazing. My grandpa worked hard. My uh, grandma was a stay-at-home, you know, mom and quite frankly, raised me as well. So for me, kind of going outside the box and being like, yeah, I want to work in TV. They were like, what? Like, who are you? Like, where? Because I I clearly am different beast in my family too. (laughs) So I worked in TV, did that for 20 years. You know, the relationship with my grandparents, super close with them. Um, My grandpa was kind of that old, you know, crotchety guy who like was just crabby and ornery. So anytime he would get sick, I'm like, oh, Poppy will be fine because he's grumpy, right? Like he always recovered, had some health issues, but always recovered. And he was just like the guy. And so he got sick. My grandma's like, he's not doing good. And I'm like, okay, I'll come home. And I would always like, I tried to go home every weekend to make sure they had food and gas and all the things. And um, so I went home and I was like, okay, well, what's happening? And he wasn't doing so good, but I'm like, he'll recover because it's my grumpy grandpa and he's, that's what he does. And so he didn't and he passed. And Mm. we were in that moment of like our hearts breaking, obviously, because he was, you know, my grandpa and the best. And so from there, my grandma's like, what, what am I going to do? And I had just taken a, a, just signed a contract with a very large um, cruise line and network to travel around the world, interview famous chefs and talk about kind of the different regions of the world that people travel to. So pretty cool. Um, yeah. <laughs> I said, I can't do that. Right. I can't, I, I need to make sure my grandma's good. So I'm like, okay, Graham, well, of course you're going to live with me. Of course, no doubt in that. And that was always the game plan. Anyways, mm-hmm. you're going to live with me. We'll figure this out. Um, and another thing we were kind of navigating through is they didn't have a lot of money, but what they had was spread around everywhere, right? Mm-hmm. They didn't have a lot, small amount, but everywhere. So we found ourselves sitting in front of different advisors and different banks and different institutions And never had that warm, fuzzy feeling that any of these advisors cared or wanted to do what was in my grandma's best interest at all. So she's like, hey, you know, if we're going through this, imagine how many other women are going through this, too. And I was like, "Okay, I'll I'll learn everything I can. And there I was trying to figure out the language of finance, which is a foreign language. Right. I learned everything I could. And here I am 15 years later. I have my own wealth management firm and my own team. And one thing that we pride ourselves in is, again, I've been on the other side of the chair right? I was not the Wall Street girl. Like, you know, a lot of people pride themselves in being, that's just not who I am. I was trying to make sense of a foreign language to help my grandma. And that's one thing that's been near and dear and very heart-centric for me to help others also do the same and make sense of this whole foreign land and and open it up and be clear and concise and transparent. So that's a long-winded answer to your question, but yes, <laughs> that's, that's me in a nutshell and how I got to where I'm at. Well, it's actually, it's so refreshing because I think you know, when I think of somebody who's like a financial planner or whatever, I you de- you definitely tend to think of somebody that kind of came from that because it does feel like a game to which the rules are secret and you don't, if you're not playing that game, then you don't get to read the rule book, right? Like, and so we're all kind of just floundering through our lives and I don't want to commit to learning a whole new language. Like, I just want to live my life, right? So um, I think it's really fascinating that you have this dual story and that um, it took this, this, meaningful thing for you to realize like, no, I need to, I, I need to learn this rule book and I need to help other people with that. I think you're bringing it in, into language that those of us who are not committed to learning that language can, can hear and understand. And I think that's, um, that's a really big calling. So we appreciate your work. Yeah. And I think honestly, like there's people that don't want to learn it and that's okay too. And we're here to handhold or however you, you know, want us to help support or in any way. And one thing I was, you know, sharing with you before too, is 
financial literacy is huge. And mm-hmm. it's not, I mean, finances are more talked about now than they were. They're not as taboo, but it's still taboo and it's still a foreign land. Yeah. So one thing that we do too is like, and it's funny because I just had this conversation the other day. Somebody said, you should be charging for the classes that you teach. Mm-hmm. And I said, no, that's gross. I feel right. Because <laughs> oh, no. if I can't share financial literacy because I didn't grow up learning all this. Right. And that's one thing that's so important to me and my team and my company is yes, like I do a virtual um, coffee chat once a month and I'll bring in some educational expert or analyst or whatever. That's free to attend. It's virtual. My team teaches a four-part series every month that's free. It's financial foundations. It's kind of the 101 of finance. Yeah. Um, And then the podcast, like I don't monetize that and teach their own whoever chooses to do that. But like Mm -hmm. that is for me to share and for people to share their stories so we can learn from each other. Mm -hmm. So we can keep educating and learning along the way. Like I don't want this to be hidden behind a door. I want us to learn and grow. And that needs to be readily available for everyone. I feel like I'm screaming it from the rooftops, but like, (laughs) so I feel like it's so important. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love your passion. It's really exciting. Um, okay. So you had some thoughts. So, you know, our crowd is, is people, you had some really good questions too. So you said, okay, you have these homesteaders, you have these folks who are, you know, getting back to basics. Um, and you asked the question, do people, you know, do homesteaders sell something? And so it's, it's interesting because, you know, you have the word farmer and you have the word homesteader and they're two kind of separate categories. And how we've always differentiated is the farmer is the one doing it as a business and the homesteader is one doing it for their home, you know, for their growing for their family. Um, but if you talk to any homesteader, especially the new ones, they'll say, oh, I'm just doing it for myself. I'm just doing it for myself. But if you dig a little deeper, I would say 98.9% of the homestead crew is really interested in doing something that they can market and sell. Um, and so they might say no, but I think they're all just a little bit shy. So <laughs> I think for the most part, I'll, they're all interested in marketing something. Um, but I know you have some thoughts on how they can best take advantage of their situation, their circumstance on the financial side of things, because I don't know that we always have this clear vision when you're homesteading, you're like, if you're like me, you're just wanting to try things. And I know we only learned in recent history, my husband and I, that you know, if you have your, if your property is, is, um, legally a farm, then you pay a lot less in taxes. And then there's a lot of other advantages. Um, so it's, it is, it's like this separate language where you're like, just live in life and who knows what opportunities are out there. Not that you can take advantage, but that we're really built with the idea of supporting people living this kind of lifestyle and that we don't maybe know them because, I do think we're mostly all at least a generation removed from farming for the most part. You know, there's some people who are passing it down, but those people are more farmers probably than homesteaders. So anyway, that's a really long answer to one of your questions that you asked about, you know, who are we even talking to? So I think generally speaking, we're talking about people who like to make things from scratch and would love to offer that as a, either a service or as a product. Um, but anyway, so what are your thoughts? Give us some, some ideas on, on what people can, can use and, and how they can improve their finances with their homestead. Yeah. Yeah. I think that you've, um, obviously definitely opened up the conversation to, are there things that you can do differently if you're a farm? Are there different kind of things that you can talk to a CPA about for kind of a tax side of things? Absolutely. Um, I think that if you're running your homestead farm as a business, you have an LLC, there's a business entity there. Mm-hmm. Are you paying yourself back? I mean, do you have a retirement account? Can you explain account? that really quick? Because I'm not sure everyone understands what an LLC is. So I think probably most of the listeners are do have a DBA is what I, you know, doing business as. So can you explain the differences there a little bit for us? Yeah, high level for sure. So an LLC would be a limited liability corporation. That's if you're, you know, 
planning on doing this for an extended period of time. And this is something that you have a generated income coming from that's over a certain threshold. So I'll preface, I'm not a CPA. So you'd want to get somebody who's also a certified public accountant to be able to help on the true tax side of things. Um, but what I'm sharing kind of high level is if you have a business and you are generating income, however that's deemed, are you also paying yourself back? Because you're going to pay taxes somewhere along the line in there, right? Uncle Sam wants some money from you, especially if you're generating money. So it's going to get taxed somewhere. Mm -hmm. If it is getting taxed somewhere and you're not doing it under the table, like, right? Like, Mm -hmm. What are you doing also to pay yourself back? Are you padding yourself? Is there a retirement account there? I mean, there's definitely things that you can do differently on, on a one-on-one -on -one basis too. So I don't want to make this too big and holistic because it depends on the individual and the situation. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, you could do a retirement account potentially and you could earmark some of the monies for you know retirement savings at that point and strategize differently. Um, and then talk to your CPA and say, hey, I put this much in, can I write this off? I mean, there's different things that you can do um, to really maybe pay less in taxes in some situations. Again, barring that you're also talking with your CPA and your individual situation's a little bit different. So um, right. I think, yeah, having the the conversation individually with someone can make really good sense without blanketing anything mm -hmm. um, because there are ways to maybe make your money work a little bit harder and pay yourself first. I think one of the things that it, it, you know, like if we, if you have a homestead, you know, that you're probably spending a lot of money on those, the endeavors that you're, you know, might make sense. Like maybe you bought a tractor, maybe you bought a tiller, maybe you bought, you know, goats, whatever you're spending money and it, it adds up fencing. All of these things are not free. Right. And it seems like, oh, we're living this like less off, you know, this more off grid life and we're not going shopping as much because we don't have time for that, but we are spending money. Right. We just are animal feed, what have you. Um, and so this, the sooner I think that you can go ahead and line those, line those things up so that your, your expenses are coming out of that thing that you've already set up instead of just your personal account, instead of you're just not funneling, you know, whatever income you have into your homestead and not taking advantage of any tax breaks that you might be able to, to have. Um, yeah, I think that's so wise. It's so smart. It's the first place to start. Even I think, I don't know, do you have to be making money in order to set up an LLC or to set up a any of these accounts or what is that? Yeah, I think this is kind of going back to me not being too broad based, right? Like this is where you <laughs> want to have a one on one conversation too, saying, hey, what's your situation? Right. Is it a hobby? Because if it's a hobby, then no, you can't really do that quite as much. But if you're generating, um, yeah, like that's where the conversation because what could you be doing different or better to maybe minimize, you know, some tax liability or also to be padding yourself when it comes to retirement and savings or whatever that looks like for you. So one thing that I think could be valuable is, you know, thinking about a financial plan. Mm. Do you have a financial plan in place? If you do, when was the last time you kind of revisited that? And that would be looking at like holistically everything. Do you have emergency money behind the sidelines? Do you have any retirement accounts? Like, what does it look like? Big picture of what this looks like. And quite frankly, that also comes into what are your monthly expenses? When do you want to retire? What's healthcare look like? I mean, all the big scary questions that come into, you know, talking about finances, I think huge to have that conversation and to say, where are we at? Like, what's our roadmap? Do we even have a roadmap in place? Are we just winging it and then going as we're going? Which again, no judgment there either way. But I think to have a roadmap in place in that financial plan, that kind of gives you at least a lot of clients have said a lot of peace of mind. So at least they have an idea. And then as things change, you can pivot and change that financial plan. But at least, you know, kind of a Hey, here's where we're at. Here's where we want to go. And if life changes along the way, we just make sure that we continue to communicate that. 
So it's interesting because I think, you know, for me, it's really easy to think in terms of like the garden. Okay. I'm going to build this garden bed as soon as I have enough lumber, like scrap wood left over from these other projects. Um, and then when that pile is big enough, we build that garden bed and then it's done, you know, but if you think about the lumber, like your financial, you know, you could build anything on your homestead. You could build a, a secondary home. You could build a greenhouse. You could build, you know, I mean, there's so many different ways you could go. Um, and if you know what the financial goal to pay for that project is, you out of the gate are a heads, a, a heads above or bef- uh, uh, before I'm using the wrong language, but you know what I mean? You're just running a race and you know where you're headed and uh, and you get there much sooner. Um, I think that's beautiful because I, I'm not really good at it, right? I'm like, I, I tend to have visions in my head and I've worked on this a lot over the years of like, even if you just make a vision board and I've done this like for the farm, what's my vision board? What do I want with that to look like? And how can I do that financially as well? It's not as fun with numbers <laughs> for us visual people, but it can be if you make it fun. And so I love that idea of making this like fun financial map of your property even and of your your goals for your homestead um, and how you want that to develop over time. And then also your 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 retirement, your healthcare. Those are parts of that, right? Because if you're not taking care of yourself and if you're not planning for the future, um, you know, when maybe you can't work your homestead by yourself or whatever. I think that's just, it's just smart. <laughs> so. And it's a lot of moving parts, right? It really is. Yeah. And it's easy to get overwhelmed because you're like, yeah. oh my gosh, Medicare and emergency right. money and all the things, right? We tease in my household with my husband. I'm like, it's Friday night, date night. We get to talk finances, right? Like not <laughs> oh everybody God. clearly is that same way by any means. And I don't expect that. But I think that, you know, just having open communication and just saying, hey, where are we at? Like, what does this look like? Like, let's really kind of just talk through, like, do we want to do this forever? Because Mm -hmm. I'm the person, right, that I want to work forever. I love what I do. I love helping people. I don't see myself retiring for a very, very, very long time, like 20, 25 years ish, right? (laughs) Some people are like, nope, 65, I'm done. Medicare kicks in, I'm out. Like, Mm -hmm. so everybody's situation is so different of like how you see things, but are you communicating that? And have you put that down on paper? And have you worked with anyone to just say, where am I at overview? Like, am I doing the right things? Could I be maybe doing a little bit different or padding in a little bit different of an area to make retirement a reality and maybe that much more comfortable for me? Yeah. I love it. Okay. So you mentioned that you have some free resources. Can you review those again? At least um, just give us a, a little bit more in depth of what those involve. I want people to be taking advantage of these. Yeah, for sure. So um, every month I offer, it's called a virtual coffee chat. So for example, for um, last month, I brought in an analyst who is on, you know, the business channels, Bloomberg TV, uh, CNBC, to kind of talk through like what happened in 2023. Let's give an overview and then let's forecast 2024. What's on the pike? Again, nobody has a perfect crystal ball, but let's look high level. Like what's coming down? What does this year look like? It's an election year, all that. Um, So each month I do a different educational topic. Those run about Uh, half an hour to 45 minutes. It's virtual. So folks from all over the country or the world for that matter can join if they choose to. Um, And that, again, something that we offer for free. We also teach a financial foundations course. That's more of a finance 101, really giving the high overview of like, do you have a budget? Here's Mm -hmm. the budget. Here's kind of how you do it. Like, let's walk you through. Here's kind of an overview strategy of things that you can do. And it's literally Literally, we have a roadmap, like you're in a car and here, let's talk you through the different strategies and to get through. It's a four part series and each one builds upon the next and it's offered once a month. That's free. Oh my God. Um, okay, and then so the, 19 year old, is it appropriate for her to jump in on this? Yeah. My, so my, my 13, <laughs> oh my almost 14 year old, she'll listen in the background. 
And she's yeah. like, oh, okay. Like, but again, she's been ingrained a little bit since she was three with this. But um, I think, yeah, I, I honestly, I think it's good for all ages. And to start yeah. folks out, because we want better for our kids than what we had. If we can start planting seeds for them younger, like it's going to just pave their way that much more comfortably moving forward. So all ages, no limits, no judgment. If you want to join, if you're starting over, starting out, or, you know, if you've got millions on the sidelines and you've been doing great. Yeah, it's for everybody. Um, yeah. And then the final thing is to the podcast. So the podcast, it's called Platinum Talks Wealth. That's where we talk through money memories, which would be a memory that you had as a younger person or as a child that helped, you know, mold your relationship to money as an adult. And it's fascinating when you think of the psychology on that and you're like, that's why I'm the way I am. Like I shared the cans and the food, right? For me and my grandparents. Yeah. That's the way I am the way I am, right? And everybody has their own unique story. And then financial infidelities. I mean, we've all heard of them or experienced them ourselves, but if we can shed some light and share them, we can learn from each other along the way too. And that's that's what the podcast is about as well. So all free resources um, and you're able to find them, you know, if you go over to my webpage and check it out from there, it's platinumwealth.net. Um, yeah, however we can help for sure. I love it. Okay, we'll include the links in the show notes and y'all hop over and subscribe to her podcast today because it's really worth listening to you just to get, get you in the mindset of it's okay to talk about this stuff. It's okay that, you know, maybe we've made mistakes. It's okay that we have these hangups. It's okay. It's okay. It's normal um, for everyone. I mean, I think from the wealthiest down to the poorest, we all have, a, we're all on that spectrum and none of us is um, free from from bringing the bags to the table to having that baggage. So, um, so yeah, how important to get people to talk about it and feel comfortable doing that. So when everybody's a work in progress, back to your original point, everybody is a work in progress on that. You know, nobody has it figured out even the wealthiest of wealthy clients. I mean, I I talk to them too, but then I also talk to people that are like, here's all I have. I'm starting out with a thousand dollars. Can you help? Yeah. But everybody has that similar tie behind the scenes with a money memory and or a financial infidelity that really made them who they are in their relationship with money. Well, we've talked about before on the podcast, it's one of my favorite things to talk about, to think about things differently, but we tend to think of learning and growing as linear, right? Like we start at point A and then we're at point B and we can't never go back into the middle, right? Like that that's just, oh, that's bad and gross. But I think growth is more like in nature. You know, you think about the rings of a tree and they expand outward or a snail shell, right? It gets bigger and bigger and goes around and around. And I noticed with our financial struggles, things that we've had to deal with, you know, the first time I dealt with it, maybe I was 10 and it was like a $5 problem. And then I got to be, you know, 15 and it was a $20 prog- problem. And then, you know, it kind of just grows exponentially. And those problems seem to keep arising and you hit that bump every time you go around again. Um, and I don't think that we should be ashamed of that. I think we can be better prepared so that when it comes where it's easier, it's not as difficult a bump to get over. Um, but you know, let's pray that it expands in that way. Every time we go around the circle, right? Like last time it was 15 grand. Let's hope next time it's a hundred grand, right? Like, and we just keep expanding and expanding and expanding. So, um, so anyway, that's how I like to think about growth and I like our conversation, how it kind of brought us there. Um, but I definitely encourage you all to go and do the one one I'm thinking I need to do it myself because I, you know, I know what I know, but what do I know that I don't know or don't know that I don't know anyway. <laughs> um, but y'all, thanks for listening. Jennifer, thank you so much for being here. It was been, It's just been really, really fun. I can't wait to share this with our audience. Oh gosh, my pleasure. Thanks so much for having me.